In his book, Vanishing Grace, Philip Yancey briefly talks about the end of Christopher Hitchens' life. Christopher Hitchens, who was an outspoken atheist, spent the last year and a half of his life battling esophageal cancer. And over that time, he chronicled the communication that he'd have from some Christians who were hateful and almost gleeful at his impending death. But in one of his last columns that he wrote, Christopher Hitchens talked about Dr. Francis Collins. Dr. Collins is a scientist and a medical doctor, and he's a believer in Christ. And Dr. Collins was with Christopher Hitchens through a significant portion of the end of his life, meeting with Mr. Hitchens and his family, going over possible treatments, volunteering his service to love and to care for this man and his family. And Hitchens wrote about Collins, that he is our most selfless Christian physician. He called him one of the greatest living Americans. He said, this great humanitarian is also a devotee of the works of C.S. Lewis, and in his book, The Language of God, has set out the case for making science compatible with faith. I know Francis, too, from various public and private debates over religion, and he has been kind enough to visit me in his own time and to discuss all sorts of novel treatments, only recently even imaginable, that may apply to my case. Francis Collins didn't have to do that. He's a busy guy. He's an important guy. But he really did have to do that. You see, Advent reminds us that while we don't know how much time we have, we have time. And while we have time, we must use that time well. Jesus emphasizes that in Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46. He says, when the Son of Man comes in all his glory and all his angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from the other as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. 
and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Jesus draws a dividing line here, and it's not the one that we expect. You see, when Christ returns, he'll be looking at how we've used our precious time and how we've treated those in need. And this is a reminder to us that if we claim to be followers of Jesus, then we should look like Jesus. If we're saved by his mercy and grace, our lives should be defined by mercy and grace. And what's so amazing about this story is in verse 37 and 38, the righteous didn't even realize what they had done. It was such a common practice. It was such a part of who they are that it became super second nature to where they didn't even notice that it had happened. We serve a God who feeds us when we're hungry. We serve a God who gives us something to drink when we're thirsty, who clothes us when we're naked, who cares for us when we're sick. And as his image bearers, we're called to do the same for others. So look around you. Who are the sick and the hungry in your life? And while we could look at the story of Francis Collins and say, Christopher Hitchens isn't the least of these. He was a man who was wealthy. He had fame. He had notoriety. But he was sick. And so Francis Collins went and ministered to someone who was sick. So who are the sick and the naked and the hungry in your life? Who are the people who are in need around you, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, whether they just desperately need the gospel? And how are you going to use this precious time that we have to show Christ to someone who needs him? This Advent and every other season of your life, you have the time. And so put the righteousness that Jesus died to give you to work by loving and serving others. And there's so many ways to do this. You can literally feed the hungry and give water to the thirsty. You can visit people who are in prison. We can take these things incredibly, literally. We can go and visit people who are sick. We can care for those who are in need. But we have to open our eyes. You have to pay attention to what's going on around you to be able to recognize the needs in the life of the people who God has put in your life. So reflect the righteousness of the sheep in this passage. Open your eyes to the needs and the brokenness around you and share the love of Christ in those places and then build on that day after day after day. As you pray now, thank God that he clothes us when we're naked, that he feeds us when we're hungry, that he visits us when we're afflicted and when we're sick, that he cares for us and he loves us like a good father, and that we've seen that put on display through Jesus. And then ask that God would give you the strength have that kind of righteousness day after day in your life so that it would become so common, so that it would become so normal in your life that you wouldn't even know you were doing it. So that as you stand before Christ, he will be able to look at you and say, when I was hungry, you fed me. 
When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was sick and in prison, you visited me. Pray that God would form you into his image and that through that, you would share the love of Christ with the hurting and the broken and the least of these in your life. At this time, whether in silence or out loud, pray to the God who loves you. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jeremiah 29, verse 4 through 14. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, 
and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all nations and all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you in to exile. Father God, thank you for your constant provisions in our lives. That when we're in need, that you as a good father love us and you care for us and you protect us. And God, you call us to do the same for others. Teach us to be your hands and feet of the world. Teach us to see the world with your eyes so that we can recognize the hurting and the brokenness around us so we can see the least of these in our midst. And that we would have the faithfulness to look around and when we see someone hungry, feed them. When we see someone thirsty, give them something to drink. When we see people naked, clothe them. When we see people sick and in prison, that we would visit them and that we would love them and care for them, that we would be ministers of your gospel. As the Advent season reminds us that we still have time left to serve you, help us to serve you the way that you have called us to by serving others. And help it to become to us as natural as breathing so we don't even notice how we're doing it. But God, I pray for each and every one of us that when we stand before you, that we would not have used the salvation that you've given us in vain, but that we would put our salvation to work and through the righteousness of Christ, be the mercy of Christ to those who are in need. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus, our provider and our comforter. Amen. As you go today, may you go as an image bearer of Christ. May you go reflecting the goodness of the God who loves you and provides for you and cares for you in your time of need. And may you show that to the world around you, being aware and alert of the least of these in your life, of those who are in need, of those who are broken, of those who are hurting, of those who are sick. May you be the hands and feet of Jesus to them, bringing food and water comfort and peace and grace and mercy. And as you go doing the work of Christ during this Advent season, as always, may you go with the gospel. Thank you for listening to An Invisible Ocean. My name is Chris Dills. I'm your host and I'm the pastor of Redeeming Grace Community Church in Loganville, Georgia. If you like the show and you would like to support it, you could do it in several different ways. You can subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice review. You can follow our host, Subcreative Media, on different forms of social media, on Instagram and on Twitter, at the Subcreative. Or if you'd like to give financially, you can find us on Patreon and become a patron. You can go to patreon.com slash ocean and support us monthly, whether that's a little bit or a lot. Every little bit helps to go into making this podcast. Thank you for spending your time with me today. 
I hope your day is blessed by the goodness and grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. See you next time.